0: This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Today on the Luke Thomas Show podcast, the UFC appears to be trying to go back into business. Big news. I'll share with you what we know right now and what it all might mean. Plus, Dana White went on the Kevin Harvick show on Sirius XM. We have the audio of that interview. We'll react to it. He gets to some of the plans for the UFC's next show. And, of course, we have the updated brackets we have to get to. The Luke Thomas Show airs weekdays at 3 p.m. East Coast time, right here on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Don't forget about the mailbag, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Let's get to the biggest news that we have, which I would classify as pretty big news. Really big news, as a matter of fact. Um, The UFC intends to host a show on may 9th that is the plan the plan is uh, a domestic location which we'll get to in just a second but this comes to us from, i think uh, espn broke the news in fact i think it was brett okamoto who broke the news but i'm reading here from mma fighting that's what i had pulled up um two people with knowledge of the promotions plan said the event could take place in the u.s one listed california texas and florida as potential hosts turns out it'll be none of those given what we learned later but the ufc has made no official comment um And they're targeting May 9th for its next event, which would have been the same original date reserved for UFC 250 in Brazil. Now, remember, UFC 250 had, as it was supposed to be in Brazil, numerous Brazilians on it. And I think it was like seven or eight of them. They can't be on it. So I don't know whether they're going to call it UFC 249. I don't know if they're going to call it UFC 250. I don't know what the name of the event actually is. I don't know how this is going to go, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now, later on, Variety magazine um, revealed that uh, it's going to be the UFC's Apex facility, which is across the street, literally, from their headquarters in Las Vegas, Nevada. Again, from MMA Fighting, the UFC Apex, which hosted last seasons of the Contender Series, um, could be the consistent home for UFC events for some time. Uh, in an email to Variety, Dana White, UFC president, stated that the UFC Apex could be hosting these events sooner rather than later quote we built the apex facility next door just in time to save the day from this pandemic white said live fights will be produced out of there starting next month and for the foreseeable future now he did not explicitly say that the May 9th event i guess was going to be there so that could be somewhere else as we discussed on the show yesterday florida had passed this uh rule because political corruption is alive and well, that the WWE was an essential service. Oh, God, Florida. Um, And so as a consequence, they were able to operate. And if you look at the language that the law or the executive order that Governor Ron DeSantis had issued in Florida that allowed the WWE to be considered an essential business, It reads in such a way that the UFC could simply slide right in. In fact, I think Mark Ramundi of ESPN asked for clarification, and the state said yes. Now, of course, it wouldn't be just limited to UFC, or if they wanted, and WWE. Other entities could ultimately um, make it work if they wanted, but they didn't exclude the UFC from that. So it'll be interesting to see where the May 9th event is, whether it's the Apex facility or somewhere else. Here's what's interesting about it. Um, Nevada, which is where the Apex facility is, obviously, has a uh, sort of a stay-at-home order that runs through the end of the month. Uh, Obviously, Florida does too, but now with these exceptions. So if they're planning a show in May, one, Florida could either maintain their current status. I doubt they'll tighten it, even though the, the virus is spreading like wildfire in that state. Um, but Nevada has actually done a pretty good job of eliminating the worst of possibilities, right? Like, there have been some blue states that have done a great job. There have been some red states that have done a great job. California's done a great job, and Ohio's done a really great job. Um, but Nevada has surprisingly not been super hard hit just yet. These numbers to come to us from COVID tracking. And here's what they have so far. They have pos- the, the data is not exactly – it's okay. It's pretty good data. They've had 3,000 or so positive tests. 24,000 negative tests. We don't have a ton of information on hospitalizations, ICUs, and ventilators, but they've they've had 130 deaths uh, total. You know, I mean, keep in mind something. Uh, Washington, D.C. is just a city, and it's a city of about 600 or so thousand people, and we've had, I believe, uh, let me pull this up, we've had 72 deaths. So we've had more than half the deaths of Nevada, and Nevada has over three million people. I mean, sort of think about that. Nevada's done a pretty great job of, from what I can tell, of limiting the worst of these. Right. So, if the governor there decides to lift any kind of shelter-in-place or stay-at-home orders, or you know, ease them in some kind of capacity, that would that would clear any legal hurdle that they would, might need to get there. And if they're going to do it in Nevada. In the Apex facility, they by by law have to bring in the commission, so now the commission will oversee it, at which point I would say, look, the ideal circumstance that I had hoped for, and I'm so not going to be, I'll get to this in a minute, the ideal circumstance that I had hoped for was that they would sit down in a lengthy and considered process coming up with safety protocol. I don't know that that commission's going to do that anymore. I guess we'll have to see, but... The lesson, it seems to me, that UFC learned was just trying to ram through shows in an ever-changing world like London, Columbus, Portland, 249 doesn't work. Trying to go outside regulatory platforms doesn't really work, especially in a state that's going to be potentially hostile, um, if you want to go that direction, to your political uh, affiliations. Right? But, I mean, California has done... I mean, listen to California. California has done a really great job. California has only had... Uh, only, but has only had 758 deaths. The, the population of, uh, let's see, of California... What is it? I mean, this is crazy how uh, little problems they've had. Yeah, it's 40 million people. And they've only had... Only had 758 deaths. They were early and often. I remember we had on this show... Bellator MMA president, Scott Coker, talking like a day or two after he canceled the last Bellator show at the Mohegan Sun, and when he was on the phone with us, he got his order to shelter in place. Dude, they were early about it. So this is my point about Nevada. If they are not, like, this was the problem when they went to Tachi Palace. They didn't have a state commission. They could have had some other one, but they didn't have a state commission. And they were not, it appeared, going to be acknowledging CDC guidelines about how many people could be together at one time per the regulations of that state and any kind of federal guidelines. Now, if they wait until some of those restrictions are lifted, whether that be 50 or 100 people or whatever kind of... We'll see, we'll see what the rule ends up being. But A, they might be in compliance legally, in terms of that consideration. B, they'll have the commission right along with them. So you eliminate a ton of the headache as a, as a consequence. If you just try to ram through shows and play whack-a-mole as borders close across the world, you're going to have problems. If you try to run around regulatory schemes that you've been using all this time in a very public way when there's nothing else to pay attention to, you're going to have problems. If you just wait a little bit, wait for the state to get on board, both in terms of whatever the restrictions are for stay-at-home or shelter-in-place, and get the commission involved, dude, you're just going to have a lot less problems. It's, see, now that I'm saying it out loud, it seems kind of obvious. Now, no one really knows exactly when Nevada's going to do that. They may not do that at the beginning of May. Maybe the UFC will end up going to Florida, which already has this open door. Of course, the issues in Florida are significantly worse as it relates to COVID-19. Um, they have not had that many deaths yet, only 585, relatively speaking, of course. Uh, but the number of positive cases has been growing like wildfire. They have 22,000 um, as of today. How many does Nevada have? Let's see. Just to be clear here they've only got three thousand it's a lot less it's a lot less so so there are other risks associated with travel to florida in terms of containing the condition that's that are not as big of a risk factor as what they are in nevada and then you got the sanctioning in two different ways essentially of the state people were on twitter last night were poo-pooing this effort they're like oh yeah sure it's going to happen well if they go to Florida, you know, who knows what the situation there is. I mean, yes, you have, the, you, have the, you have free reign to do it, but it's a little costlier and you might invite more media scrutiny from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and other places. If you do it in Nevada, given the considerations in place with the state's approval, I tend to think it's probably going to be a little bit easier. Of course, you need the state to lift certain restrictions, so that could be part of it as well. But people were poo-pooing and being like, yeah, sure, this is going to happen. I'm not nearly as negative on the chances of this happening as other people might be. I'm actually fairly convinced it will happen one way or the other. I don't know where. Nevada or someplace else, I don't know. But they, they learned their lesson here about how to do this, which isn't to say how to do it safely or correctly, but they learned how to do it in a way where they were not running into basically insurmountable obstacles. You know, when borders are closing across the world, that's a hard thing to figure out for anybody. Uh, when state commissions won't do a show and there are shelter-in-place orders in the state, it's, it's just going to be hard to find a way to do it without inviting a ton of scrutiny about it. But if you just wait a little bit, as I've indicated, and you get the state on board, dude, like 90% of the problems, well, that's a strong way to put it, but a significant, perhaps the most significant hurdle to getting a show off the ground Is lifted. So I'm actually, I mean, is it going to happen? Is it not? The future is largely unknowable. Am I as down on the chances of this happening as other people in the MMA media space? No, I am not. I I am much more convinced that it's going to take place. Now, let me say one word about all of this related to what everybody knows. (laughs) As I spent all this time arguing against UFC 249, ultimately got scuttled, and the UFC wants to come back you know, roughly three weeks later or so. Um, Now, there might be some arguments to be made, and I leave this up to people much more capable in the modeling to figure out when the peak of all of this stuff is going to be over nationally. In fact, there's a reason to think that we're hitting the peak potentially now. But just because we're hitting the peak doesn't mean it just drops off the next day. And even if it did, it would still be high numbers of deaths. There were 2,400 Americans killed yesterday by this uh, condition. I don't know what it will be in three weeks. Um, chances are uh, it could be from the worst national profile a better place, but then there could be individual flare-ups along the way. Florida, someplace else, you know, who the hell knows. I I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, So that's an issue you should pay attention to. Also, there's a question of, um, you know, to what extent could they be using resources that could go to better uh, situations, especially if they're in Florida, right, with their personal protective equipment. If you're in Florida and it flares up in Florida, doing a show there can get ethically a little bit dicey. If you do it in Nevada, you might run into a lot less of those issues. Here's what I'm going to say about all of this. I can't keep saying the same things, and I'm sure that the people who did not agree with me, this will be music to your ears. It's not to say that I don't care about this stuff anymore, but it just seems to me going about and trying to have this debate and this fight over again, it's not going to convince anybody, I don't think. And it's just going to create for more acrimony. At this point, people have enough information to make an informed choice. Whether they do or they don't, I don't know. But they've got enough. Um, I've said, I I don't know what else I could say related to this that would change anyone's mind. Situation could also be different in three weeks. I guess we'll have to see that part as I indicated previously. So I'm going to pay attention to health and safety. It's a thing you have to do. Uh, But I don't know that beating everyone over the head with it at this point is going, to, is going to affect any change in a positive manner. Right? I, I just, I, I, I don't, I'm at a loss for how my approach could be just continued here and produce positive results for anybody. Um, the UFC seems intent on holding these shows. I see a lot of people being like, it could be safe. We can come right back. Hey, look at what uh, Dr. Fauci said about sports coming back. Yeah, but he kind of said it about the summer, not really right now. But here's the point. People want sports, and they're going to find enough reasons to convince themselves that it's safe enough to do that now. It doesn't matter what I say, uh, irrespective of that. So I'm not, I'm not going to ignore all of this. I don't think that's the right way to handle it. Um, but as a forward part of my coverage, I mean, what else is there to say? Cobb, for just a minute here, if you could weigh in. And I mean dead serious here. Dude, what the hell else is there to say about it from my vantage point? I don't I don't know. I don't know what else there's to say.
2: <laughs> Good luck to you, I guess. Pretty much. That's all you really can say at this point.
1: People can't claim they don't have information, right?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Like the information's out there if you want it. We've had plenty of people on this show to give us the information, so if you want to look for it, there's plenty out there.
1: Last thing I'd say about this is UFC, we knew they were always going to be back first or close to first. And here's what I'll say. There's a lot of ways that could go well. And there's a lot of ways where, I mean, here's the trick to being first. If you're going to be first, got to be flawless. And they might be. They might be. We will see. Um, They got their work cut out for them. I'll put it that way. And they have some tough choices to make about where they want to go to give themselves the best chance to be flawless. Uh, and even if they don't have any kind of COVID nineteen outbreak or positive testing, as I mentioned, if they take the show to Florida, and then there's ethical concerns about pulling doctors away who could be more useful, um, using PPE or uh, you know getting COVID tests that could go to more needy folks. Um, you know, some of those considerations don't go away anyway. So the UFC has a lot of difficult choices to make here, but I just can't go through that again, where. People are committed to doing what they want to do. They've got all the information now. Y'all are probably sick of me talking about it. In fact, I'm quite certain you're sick of me talking about it. So I'm not going to ignore it. I don't think we can do that. I care about it just as much as I did before. But it's like, dude, these are adults, man. (laughs) And they're committed. And if they do it under the umbrella of state sanctioning, what else... You can't ignore that either because that by itself doesn't solve the problem. But as I mentioned, if something goes wrong, well, now the state is on the hook for it, too. And that changes the equation completely. So we'll see how this goes. Now, Dana White did an interview with uh, Kevin Harvick on NASCAR Radio here on SiriusXM. We'll have the audio of that next.
2: Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim, slam it with the left hand. There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the SiriusXM app and Pandora Podcasts.
1: Luke Thomas Show, we are back. Okay. So we have this audio, as I mentioned, from UFC President Dana White. I guess he went on a show called a Happy Hour. Happy Hours, Cobb? Which one is it? Happy Hours with Happy Kevin hours.
2: Harvick and Matt Yoakum.
1: And uh, this airs on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio Channel 90, so forgive me for my unfamiliarity with it. I, hear the, I do the reads for it all the time. I just haven't had a chance to listen. I'm sure it's great. Um, and, of course, Kevin Harvick has an MMA connection because his team manages people like Donald Cerrone. And do, do they manage anyone else in MMA besides Cerrone? I know he's certainly the most celebrated client that they probably have.
2: Uh, I know they, they manage Misha Tate. I'm not sure if they're still doing it in her after-fight life, but right. Misha Tate was another client as well.
1: Right, so they know what they're doing. These are smart people. Anyway, they had Dana White on. And, uh, Cobb, you pulled this audio. Tell the folks what they're about to hear. <laughs>
2: Uh, some of it is familiar to a degree. Uh, some of it, I, I, it depends on what, I, I guess it depends on what side of the coronavirus fence you're on. Yeah. Some of it might blow your mind. Some of it might not.
1: All right. All right. Well, let's hear what he has to say here. Um, he was asked what precautions are going to take to UFC 249. No. Oh, were they going to take like, had it happened? So let's hear it.
3: Well, the thing about the UFC is if you, if you look at our, our history and our track record, um, There's never been a death or serious injury in the history of the UFC. And we've, health and safety didn't just pop up around here with the coronavirus. It's always something that we uh, are are, are overly concerned with every weekend going into an event. Um, And and I've been one of those type of people that I don't sit around and wait for, um, you know, somebody to tell me it's time to do this or it's time to do that you got to look ahead at what's happening out there and figure out how you... uh...
1: Yeah, this is the same answer he's been giving the entire time, which is to say not much of one. Um, That's the same answer when asked, like, what's the plan? Like, There literally is no answer there. What he ends up saying is that there's a mission statement that goes into this, and the mission statement is health and safety is something we take seriously, and... Um, You know, outside of Vitor Belfort, John Jones in Canada, in general, the UFC actually is very, very good about that kind of thing. If I had friends that were going to fight in a promotion and they were good enough to have their pick of the litter, you know, they could do much worse than, quite literally, they could do much worse than fighting at the UFC in terms of health and safety. So all of that is certainly true. But in terms of the precautions related to COVID-19, I did not hear an answer there. And I've not really heard one that has stuff has kind of been leaked to the media a little bit, but Dana certainly didn't answer that one there. Um, uh,
2: Luke, just the point of reference. Yeah. Uh, these first three cuts you are going to play
1: are all part of one
2: larger answer to that question of what precautions were you going to Got take it. heading into UFC 249?
1: Even the one where he rips the media. Yep. All right. Very good. Let's hear the second part. First of all, my, my commitment is to my employees into to my
3: um, fighters, right? So all of these people, I, I don't want to lay anybody off, and I don't want fighters sitting around for a year and not being able to make money, but I want everybody to be safe. And the, the, instead of um, hiding from this thing, how do you get out there and figure out how to function, yet be safe about it? And, and my biggest problem with this whole thing is misinformation. You know, you, you read... One thing here, you read something different over here. nobody really knows what's going on. it's It's been a very strange thing to deal with.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly true that there has been evolving science about it. That was the whole reason for alarm and concern and taking a pause until greater information has been assessed. We had Dr. Margaret Goodman on the show, and she had said explicitly that that like every day we're learning something new about this virus, how it's transmitted. Um, how far it can go in a sneeze um, how long it stays on surfaces what the viral load does to different people uh, whether people uh, how many, why we're getting false negatives I mean all kinds of different things and so as a consequence her, her whole point was exercising a degree of caution about moving forward is probably prudent here Dana takes that view and says because it's true that there's evolving, he, he seems to think that it's, well, actually, he doesn't quite say it's evolving, does it? He seems to suggest no one really knows, so therefore, who's to say? <laughs> uh, you know, to me, when you hear something like that, that means exercise extraordinary caution. Not, you know, look, we know that a hurricane is uh, moving over a body of water. How do we sail through it? It's like maybe you wait for the hurricane to pass. Maybe you just don't. Maybe that's the solution. It's like a tornado is coming. I'm not one of these people who hides in my basement cob when a tornado is coming. I want to get out there and face this tornado and figure out how can I mow my yard when the tornado is about to hit. You know what I'm saying?
2: So you're looking for solutions on how to right. handle the tornado.
1: Dude, I don't hide from tornadoes. You know? I get out there, I just mow my yard just the same. Uh, all right, so, Dana, you know, listen, if he can't play the hits, the old golden oldies, I don't know what he can do. So he goes after the media again. This ought to be great. Let's hear it. Without going too far into it, let me just put it to, to you this way. You know, because no
3: matter what you say in this environment right now, these these, these, uh, these nutball journalists will, will will attack you. They will figure something out to attack you if it doesn't, align with how they think it should be done and what you should be doing. But one of the things that I said, and, and, and it is true, and you can, you can agree with me or not agree with me, but every time somebody says...
1: It's true, but you cannot agree with me. Okay.
3: ...says something about you. One of these journalists, right? When one of these journalists says something negative about uh, you, this and that, go, go online and look them up. Look these guys up. They are literally the weakest, wimpiest people on earth. These aren't these aren't people that are out forging. You know, these, these guys aren't have never ever in their life had anybody who depended on a paycheck for them or to take care of other people's families. It's just not who they are. They're just a different breed of people than guys like me. So we're never going to see eye to eye.
1: Yeah, that's it, Cobb. This is uh, this is the Dana White equivalent of. All of my haters are nerds and virgins, huh?
2: Pretty much, yeah. He's taking an old page out of Colby Covington's book.
1: Dude, this is what I mean. Colby has changed the game where even the UFC president is, you know, not borrowing his words exactly. That would be gimmick infringement, but basically taking the same kind of criticism and, and, then you know, just repackaging it. All my haters are nerds and nerd bash UFC 249 edition. That's what he should be calling this thing. Media
2: Bash
1: 2020. Yeah, buddy, Virgin Bash, aka MMA Media. Of course, it could be more media than that now, given that it was New York Times that really kind of scuttled what they were doing. But yeah, that's funny. That's good stuff. I always appreciate those. All right. So, what about this? this Would be interesting. What about Florida being called an essential business? Let me hear that. Well, <laughs> I uh,
3: you know I was supposed to I was supposed to go this Saturday. And uh, at Tachi Palace in in Northern California, I got it done. I got it done. We could go. Um, I was asked to not do the event, you know, Hmm. by my partners whom I respect. So I did it. So I gave them the weekend off and uh, we're back. I'm actually at the office right now. We're back in here. We're working. I I have a date now for May 9th. So, um, listen, I'm not stopping. And, and, I, uh, I I have this thing figured out, and and the the reality is, can it be done? Yes, it can be done. It's just it's very expensive.
1: It's well, I very think-
3: expensive, and uh, you know, I'm willing to spend the money to do it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, that part I believe: a that uh, it's certainly expensive; b that he's willing to do it. The part where he says he figured he's figured it out that that could be true. I'm not here to declare it's not true. It's just that we don't know. Now it's a little bit different if he goes under the if 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 he works under these are big caveats, state sanctioning, where the state has relaxed or made some kind of accommodation for him to have this kind of gathering, still limited in number, but you know, you could do it. And there's a commission involved, that. Again, because what I was hoping for, because I've I've been saying the commission should be involved, and I still believe that. I had thought there would be like this open kind of hearing scenario where they would take in a bunch of different considerations, and they would get medical input, and it would take time to develop. Um, I was hoping for that. That appears to not be part of the equation here, and instead, just getting them to sign on does, assuming they go to Nevada Um, or Florida, I mean, Florida just doesn't give a shit. I mean, you know, (laughs) Nevada, I've got my criticisms about them, but I think they do actually care somewhat Florida, buddy. They just, I mean, they're the worst of the worst of the worst in any event. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens if they end up going to Florida and whatnot, but this whole part about like, you got to figure it out. You think you got it figured out. You might've. But no one actually knows, and the the ways previously, if they had done it at Tachi Palace, if that had gone wrong, the the consequences could have been potentially catastrophic, if, if not necessarily from a health and safety standpoint, that could have been bad, but then catastrophic for PR, which would have been just as bad in some ways, um, in terms of the future of the sport. You have less of those issues now if the state is truly a partner in this, significantly less. So that it, it, it does change the equation. But this we got to figure it out part. It's like, really? A bunch of dudes figured it out over the weekend about something that he already previously said that no one really fully understands? Okay. Uh, they're going to put together a big card. We know that one already.
3: May 9th, I am going to build the biggest, best card that can possibly be built. And by the way, I haven't even told anybody about this yet except for you. So Thank you. Uh, right. You guys are the first people I'm telling. So, I, I, I uh, yeah, I'm, we're working. I'm literally in the office right now. I was going over some production stuff uh, right before I got on with you guys, and then my matchmakers are coming in here in a little while, and we're going uh, to walk through an incredible card for May 9th. So I, uh, I want this thing to be big.
1: Yeah, and if you've not seen the card, uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Cobb, do they, have a, they don't have a name for this event, do they? Not that I've seen.
2: I don't think so. I think right now it's just being referred to as the May 9th card.
1: The May ninth card. Um, but it's got Tony versus Justin at the top of it. We haven't even talked about that yet. We'll probably get to that a little bit more tomorrow. It's got Francis versus... Oh, here we go. It's got three title fights. Tony versus Justin for interim lightweight. Cejudo will defend the bantamweight title against Dominic Cruz. Amanda Nunes will fight the, for the women's featherweight belt against Felicia Spencer. And there's a bunch of other ones on there as well. Um, it'd be a hell of a card if they got it to go. So, So we'll see. We'll see how this works. Uh, okay, this is the interesting one. He guess he says he doesn't understand the world shutting down for the coronavirus. Let me hear it. The world has
3: shut down for this thing, and for me, a lot of it doesn't make sense. I, 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 you know the numbers of people that are that, that are dying and, and, and even as, as rampant as, as it seemed like it was in, um, in, in, in Italy. I mean, if it's that powerful and that much of a of of, of a uh, infectious disease, you'd think there'd be more people that that would have died from this thing. I I just can't wrap my head around it. None of it makes sense, and it's like when people ask me questions about my business, I could have answered them. You know, I could have answered any question you had about this business a month and a half ago. Now I don't know. I, I don't know what the answers are. This thing is completely confusing to me, and I'm just trying to figure out. How, how to, to maneuver how in to the be ready. world as as safely as possible,
1: Cobb. What is your read on that take?
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Which cut did you play there, Luke?
1: The um, the one about how the whole world shutting down for the coronavirus doesn't make sense.
2: It just seems so tone deaf. <laughs> he, he, he sounds like that guy on the bar giving you his theories on why <laughs> the Illuminati run the world. Like it just sounds so. Crazy, out of tune with what's happening.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what's hard to understand about it. Um, there have been some recent considerations for reopening, which is a fine debate to have. As I mentioned, some states um, have done a great job of the the ones. The lesson from Europe, and now the lesson from the United States, as well as other places, but it's, it's Taiwan, all, all these places, the the state actors or the individual states in the United States that took the quickest, most decisive action were the ones that had the least amount of problems. The death tolls, by the way, are not great. Uh, we lost 2,400 Americans yesterday. We lost 2,900 in one day in 9-11. We're headed to a place where we're gonna be losing per day the same amount of people that we lost potentially in, in, in 9-11. Just wanna point that out. I mean, if we had terrorists killing 2,400 people each day, um, I suspect we'd be living in a particularly, uh, you know, not, not great reality. But the whole reason why we're doing all of this is because this is unlike anything we've seen in our lifetimes in a number of different ways. This is not difficult to understand. As it stands today, there is no vaccine. So that's not a way we can fight this. As it stands today, there are trials happening about different antiviral antibiotic treatments. There's some minimal evidence that some different combinations might work, but nothing has proven itself to be fully functional, fully safe ready to be deployed at mass scale for all the different kinds of people who are sick. So that's not really that much of an option right now, which leaves you with what we have, which is closing borders and people getting inside their homes to minimize the spread, right? And the reason why you want to do that is because this virus is a nasty little bugger, isn't he, right? It's not that it would kill everyone that it came across. It's not Ebola in some kind of enormous death rate scenario. The problem is it is highly transmittable, and what ends up happening, as everybody knows at this point, is many people would recover. The vast majority of people would recover, but an unusually high amount of people would get sick and require hospitalization. And if they required hospitalization, um, many an unusual amount would require help with ventilators and ICUs, and you risk... Uh, certainly a a high number of people dying from that and then exhausting healthcare resources to the point where they can't treat all the other conditions that they would normally treat were there not coronavirus. That's the whole point here. And all the models show that if you don't take social distancing seriously, if you don't take uh, these efforts at closing borders seriously, the only real proven methods that we have, you get closer and closer to a disaster scenario. People have been saying, should we open back up? The virus sets the timeline, folks. It's as simple as that. The virus sets the timeline. There's no other way to get through this. We'll be ready when the virus is gone, and not until then, or a vaccine or some kind of treatment that helps with medical intervention. But if you just didn't do anything, like we don't really for the flu, which, by the way, of course, with the flu... We also have a vaccine for part of the strains that get circulated, so that's not even really true. Also, the flu is not as transmittable. Also, the incubation period is much shorter. I mean, there's all kinds of differences with the flu. Um, Yeah, you could maybe go about doing those kinds of things. If we didn't take into consideration social distancing, buddy, you'd be a lot more than just a couple of freezers being rented for NY hospitals so they can store bodies so they're not taking up space in the hallway. You'd be seeing that everywhere. And the places, the math is clear. The places that did take those seriously, um, they don't have the problems. The ones that didn't, they got problems. New York being the worst of it, man. New York being the worst of it. Cobb, by the way, I looked on my Google, um, like my Google map travels from the last month. I was last in New York on March 8th. I probably missed that bug by a day or two. Yeah,
2: I think our last day in the studios was around maybe the 16th, 17th, somewhere in the middle of March.
1: Wait, was I in there? No, I don't, I don't think, think so.
2: I, was. I, I I don't know if you came to New York that week. I'm not sure.
1: I think I skipped it. I think I skipped it. Um, I think we did. The, I did the show live from my house here. Yeah, I mean, none of this is hard to understand if you want to understand it. My, my, my view is that Dana White probably doesn't really want to understand it. He doesn't want to understand how we have to go through this, because it is extreme, and I've never seen anything like it, and there's a, there's a perfectly fine debate to have about when we lift those restrictions, I, I acknowledge, but it's not hard to understand if you really want to care about other people, it's not hard to understand if you really want to listen to the scientists, and it's not hard to understand if you want to get through this as fast as possible talking to
2: the biggest names in pro wrestling. Friend of the show, Cody Rhodes. I particularly told people living in fear is no way to live. And honestly, I just wanted the platform to say that we're all in this together and that we're gonna get through this. And please enjoy the two hours of hopefully escape and distraction. Uh, we have for you tonight I, this is a very unique time for a wrestler busted open monday through saturday 10 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation
0: if you're a fight nation fan then you must be a fan of hard hitting fight movies too i want you to hit me as hard as you can the luke thomas show has put together the ultimate fight movie bracket to see which film stands above the rest it's not tournament. For you. So go to at SiriusXM Fight Nation on Instagram to cast your vote and help us crown a champion. Yo, it's here. It's here. It's here. Now let's hear about today's matchups. All
1: right, Luke Thomas Show, we're back. Luke Thomas Show at gmail.com for tomorrow's TLTS midweek mailbag. Now, not a moment to waste, so let's get right to it. Let's have an update on the brackets. Yesterday we had what was it, Bloodsport versus Rocky Two. Isn't that right, Cobb?
2: That is correct, sir.
1: All right, so we don't have a lot of time for this segment. What is on for today's uh, matchup?
2: All right, we go back to the bracket of death, where we now have Rocky Three versus Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon,
1: buddy. That is a that is a Titanic Titanic matchup, and I gotta say, I don't like Rocky Three's chances here. I think the fan base is very—I mean, they like Rocky Three. I don't know that they like Rocky 3 against perhaps the most iconic martial arts movie ever made. Fair?
2: Yeah, I would think so. But the voting has been very interesting for these first two rounds. So I almost have no idea what's going to happen.
1: So, Karate, or excuse me, or Karate Kid, Rocky 3, 64% with critics, 74% with audiences. Well liked. It's a well liked movie, actually, for the most part, or decently liked, I should say. Enter the Dragon, I think, has like flawless ratings. on uh, Again, this is all shorthand. These are, you know, don't take it for anything more than it is. Yeah, 94 with critics, 92 with audiences. 1973, that movie was made. How many movies from the 70s are still considered amazing by young people today? Like I don't... None,
2: right? Yeah, I can't think of one that someone's like, oh yeah, I saw this movie. It's fantastic. No, Enter the Dragon might be one of the few ones that last.
1: You know, for sure, it's the only one that lasts. So... I'm going to say here, Cobb, and thinking about how the audience might vote, I'm going to think that I thought Bloodsport was going to be in trouble against, uh, you know, Rocky II, and I, I have not seen the voting exactly, but my hunch is that that's not necessarily the case, so I guess we'll have to see. Dude, are people really going to vote for Rocky II over Bloodsport? Uh, do, I've been, do they really want a Rocky versus Rocky versus Rocky versus Rocky final four? Seriously,
2: I, I'm, I've been monitoring the voting. I don't want to. I'm not going to give anything away until we reveal on Friday. But the voting, has, all I can say is the voting has been very interesting for these first two rounds. I mean, this first two matchups. I can't wait to see how it goes for this third one.
1: Dude, our audience, don't tell, don't tell our audience I said this, but they're full of dullards, man.
2: <laughs> I think people just go, oh, Rocky, easy. I'm just going to go with Rocky every single time. I don't know. Uh, I know it's weird. It,
1: the brand recognition is so high it's like when people go to like the store to buy a cell phone have you ever heard of the one and one plus phones no i have not right exactly they're chinese phones they might be some of the best phones like pound for pound on the market in terms of the screen refresh rate and battery life and you know all the various things you can do with the camera and only like geeks have heard of them people go in there and they go samsung Apple and those are fine products, right? But they, it's not necessarily the very best of them because they're not out there picking the best of them. They're just picking the ones that they know. But who the hell doesn't know Enter the Dragon, dude? Enter the Dragon is like a big. Is a. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. That's the that's the that's the standard against everything that's measured.
2: Pretty much Bruce Lee at his finest is what it is, really. <laughs> so I don't know how you don't let that movie. I will be so disappointed in this entire bracket <laughs> if Enter the Dragon doesn't move on.
1: Yeah, I don't, mind, and I don't mind any film losing, provided it loses to a worthy adversary. And Rocky Three is fine. It ain't Enter the Dragon, bro. It, it's just not. It's, Han is better than Clubber Lang. I don't care what anybody says. Clubber Lang is cool and tough. Han had an island. Eat shit. That's different. What did Clubber Lang have? Nothing. Uh, all right, how do folks vote? If they want to vote, well, what are all the many ways that they can get out there and let it be known? Go
2: to our Twitter, at MMA on SiriusXM. You'll find a poll. Vote there. You'll also see a link to our Instagram, at SiriusXM Fight Nation. Click our stories and vote on the poll you'll see there.
1: All right, they have what, like 24 hours to do it, something like that? 24 hours. And just a quick uh, reminder,
2: since so we can get the results back for Friday, tomorrow's matchup will be up probably around ten, eleven a.m. Get to voting.
0: Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM fight nation channel 156 on Twitter. Follow at L Thomas news and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.